Fantastic. Thank you so much. Cam, brilliant. Well, hello, everyone. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're enjoying the weekend, the loosening up of lockdown. Uh, it's so good to have people who are new here. It's a particularly big shout out if you're new here for the first time. We haven't been for ages and you're in the building. It's so good to have you with us. And um, if you're thinking about applying for those jobs, I love that, Josh, earlier. Go for a pint and then fill in your application form. I'm so looking forward to seeing what's written on those application forms after that. Make it one pint, no more. Anyway, um, it's really good to be here. And we are looking for the next four weeks at the vision of St. Nick's. What are we called to do? And our vision statement is to play our part, along with all the other churches in the whole of Bristol and beyond in the UK, in three things. The evangelization of the nation, in other words, telling people about Jesus. The transformation of society, which is making a difference in society, particularly for those who are on the margins. And the revitalization of the church. And I want to look for the next four Sundays at sort of four ways of looking at, four dimensions of our vision, almost four values that we hold to here. And we're calling this sermon series 4D Vision, four-dimensional vision. I don't know how you feel about the last year or so, but it doesn't feel very, even 3D. It feels very 2D. It's all Zoom and Amazon and whatever, Fortnite. I know Cree plays Fortnite. I know there's other people, yes. I'm sure there are others out there. Anyway, it's all very, very two-dimensional, isn't it? And it's amazing to be seeing people in the flesh, in 3D. And 4D, there's a fourth dimension, which is time. I don't know how you felt about time. It feels like it's gone so slowly over the last year. But as we begin to emerge, I want to look at these four dimensions. And they link to four things that St. Paul talks about in Ephesians, where he talks about the four dimensions of Christ's love. He talks about how high and deep and wide and long the love of God is. So what I want to look at is four values. And the first is this one, aim high, give God your best. That's what we're looking at today. Aim high, give God your best. And I want to do it through looking at the story of Noah, which we just heard read to us. Cam was reading that account in Genesis 8. How do we emerge out of lockdown well? Well, Noah knew lockdown pretty well. He was in a boat, an ark, for 377 days in a row. Can you imagine that kind of lockdown? And initially, it was probably a bit like our lockdown. The novelty factor was quite exciting. You know, he had lockdown pets, quite a few of them. Uh, he had, maybe had, saw some new sights as he traveled out on his boat. But after a while, I think the novelty would have worn off. There was no... Amazon, there's no Netflix, there's no Zoom. He was locked in for 377 days. And then, after 377 days, the water began to recede. And he began to think, oh, there's potential, there's a way out. So what can we learn from Noah as he emerges? Well, the first thing is this. This is my encouragement to you. Firstly, emerge with faith and not fear. Emerge with faith and not fear. Verse 15. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. 
You know, some of us can't wait to end lockdown. There's so many exciting things. I, it's so exciting to hear that hugs might be legal again soon. I don't know if you heard that. So that's exciting to look forward to. So some of us can't wait. Others of us might be a little bit more tentative. We've got actually quite familiar with lockdown. There are aspects that we really like. And God has to coax Noah out of the ark. Why? Well, partly because the world has changed. The world that he left behind is totally different to the, the world that he's entering. And it's the same for us in some ways, isn't it? Everything has changed. We're not going back. Our habits have changed. Our relationships have changed. Our workplaces have changed. Our finances have changed. Our church has changed. It's really frustrating not to be able to sing and be socially distanced. But also it's kind of exciting that we can do online. It's a real mixture, isn't it? But also... Noah's changed. You can't be on your own for 377 days without being changed in some way internally. And again, it's the same for us. We have changed. We're not the same people that we were before. And some of that is good. But some of that is, we got into bad habits. And I think it's very easy for us to think, well, I'm just going to carry on the way things have always been. Some of us are very afraid. There are two types of fear. There's healthy fear and unhealthy fear. Healthy fear is when there is a threat that you run away from. It's a good thing to do. It's a God-given drive to flee danger. It's a basic survival mechanism. And there are very sensible ways about assessing the danger. Moses has some of them. As Moses. Moses is nowhere to be seen. Noah. <laughs> Moses comes a little bit later. Anyway, Noah. Noah sends out a raven and then a dove. What's he doing? He's assessing the danger level. He's assessing whether he can go back onto land. So that's healthy. But there is unhealthy fear. And that is... Where the Greek word that's used in the New Testament is phobos, from where we get the word phobia. This is unhealthy fear. This is the disproportionate fear to the danger. I've heard fear described as a mnemonic, F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. I think we have that on the screen. False evidence appearing real. It's when you catastrophize. It's when you overestimate the danger and underestimate your ability to cope. And uh, we've heard recently this week of COVID anxiety syndrome, characterized by compulsively checking for symptoms of COVID, avoidance of public places, obsessive cleaning, maladaptive behaviors. And this mental health crisis is probably affecting all of us in some way. It is the beginning of mental health week this tomorrow. It's great that we are praying for that. And all of us will have been affected in some way. And my encouragement to you is don't suffer in silence. You know, all of us are affected. Don't think you'll just push on through, you'll get through it somehow. And that was the approach that I took to mental health for the first 30 years of my life. I just thought, oh, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm, just, I'm having a bad day. But eventually someone said to me, you should talk to someone. 
And I then started having counseling. I was, I was kind of stuck in my life, my relationships. I was stuck in my work. I was stuck, really, with fear, unhealthy fear. And I decided to go and see one, someone. And over the course of many, many months, we began to unpack some of my fears. Irrational, but they'd come from all sorts of places which needed dealing with. My encouragement to you is don't suffer in silence. Talk to someone. Come and talk to us. Come and talk to me. And we can find someone for you to talk to if you would like to. We're going to put up a page on the website tomorrow with all sorts of resources that you might want to look at. So how do we approach the crisis we might face in ourselves and what we face in the world? Well, there's a great, some great lines in this passage. I just want to bring out a couple of them. You know, I think a lot of our fears are about being insignificant and forgotten. Do you feel that from this lockdown? Maybe you feel a bit forgotten by some of your friends who haven't been in touch. Or you feel forgotten by your workplace. Or maybe forgotten by the government. Or maybe even forgotten by the church. Well, I can tell you one person who hasn't forgotten you. And that's God. It says in verse 1, four words, but God remembered Noah. God remembered him. He hadn't forgotten him. He knew him. And he hasn't forgotten you. You might feel like you're forgotten, but God has not forgotten you. We have a, a three-year-old son called Barney. And we're also expecting another baby in three weeks. <laughs> Thanks. It may be less. It may be more. Who knows? But roughly three weeks' time. So uh, we went away for a baby moon for two nights away in an Airbnb the last uh, Thursday and Friday nights. And we couldn't wait. The first chance for over a year to have a lion beyond 5.30. We couldn't wait. So, but we woke up on the first day. I know what the first thing we both said to each other is? We miss Barney. We miss him. It's not the same without him around. We're loving having our time out, but we really miss him. So we phoned him up, and he was with his granny and grandpa, and we got him on FaceTime, and we said, oh, Barney, we miss you. We've been thinking about you all the time. And it was so nice to chat to him, and then we, sort of, and then we were fine, and then we could enjoy the rest of our time away from Barney. But it was, it was amazing. At the end of it, we got a text from uh, my in-laws and, uh, who'd been looking after Barney, and they said, Barney's been saying over and over again to us, Mummy and Daddy think about me all the time. <laughs> but you know what? That's how God feels about you. He thinks about you all the time. He's constantly thinking about you. He never stops thinking about you. Actually, in uh, Isaiah, there's these amazing words. It says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. Did you know that? That God has engraved you, your name, on the palms of his hands. He's not forgotten you. And this is the key to coming out of lockdown, not dominated by fear, but by faith. Faith in the God who loves you, who's with you, who's for you. In verse 15, God says to Noah, Come out of the ark, you, your wife, and your sons and their wives. 
And of course, Moses didn't know what the future was going to be. He had no idea. Neither do we. But he has faith in God. He puts his faith in God by stepping out of that ark. And faith can be summarized by another mnemonic. I've got another one for you. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. Feeling afraid, I trust him. Feeling afraid, I trust him. In other words, it's okay to feel afraid, but you take it to God. You say, I'm going to trust you anyway. Paul Tournier said, The faith is not a shelter against difficulties, but belief in the face of all contradictions. You may not know how things are going to work out next year, whatever your career is going to be. You might not know how your relationships are going to pan out. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But you do know the one who does. Put your hand in his. Follow him. And I'm excited because God has given us this amazing landmark in the center of Bristol. I'm excited about as we begin to meet together, face to face, as things loosen up. I'm excited about what God might do. Because with Noah, he took that step of faith to come out of the ark and then... There's an extra bit. He says, bring out the animals so that they can multiply and be fruitful and increase in number. And that is God's call to us, to multiply, to be fruitful and to grow in number. It's been so exciting meeting so many people who've joined the church during lockdown and here for the first time in the the building. And I think God is growing things. We are about to take on a lease in a little shop in Baldwin Street over there to run our kids' work and begin to run the rework course there and all the other things that we run there. Uh, Online, things have been growing. The food hub here on, on Wednesdays, delivering food across the city, has been growing. And church planting. You know, we've been asked by the Diocese of Bristol not just to stop here, but to plant churches all over the city. And I'm excited about some of the plans that are coming together for that. So, how do we emerge out of lockdown? First thing, emerge with faith and not fear. Secondly, give God your best. Give God your best. What are you most excited about as things loosen up? On the 17th of May, things are going to change again. Are you most excited about a pub or restaurant trip sitting inside? Is that exciting and not being freezing cold? Uh, Is it a family get-together at home? Is it a trip to the cinema? Is it a holiday in the South Sandwich Islands? (laughs) Did you know? Have you heard of the South Sandwich Islands? They're one of the 12 places that you can go on the 17th of May. They're down near Argentina if you want to fly all the way down there. I don't know what you're most excited about. I wonder about Noah, when he arrived off the ark, what was he most excited about? Do you think that it was that he wouldn't have to eat another egg? I don't know what he ate on that, because he can't eat the animals. He must have been vegetarian, but there weren't any vegetables. So eggs, it must have been for 377 days. He must have been gagging for a green salad. Maybe he thought, well, the first thing I'll do is build a house where no animals are going to come inside. That would be nice. But verse 20, what does Noah do? The first thing. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings. The first thing he does is build an altar. 
to the Lord. And he makes a sacrifice on it. And this was a common way of surrendering everything to God. And what's really interesting is that everything else in the Genesis story up until that point is an instruction from God. Build an ark. Get on it with your wife. Gather all the family and the animals. Now send out ravens and doves. Now come out of the ark. This is the first thing that he does voluntarily. He chooses to put worship of God first in his life. He chooses to make this act of devotion to God. And it would be so easy for us, wouldn't it, as we, things begin to loosen up, for us to say, you know what, I am owed so much. I've lost so much, I'm going to grab back everything that I can as quickly as I can. And I would understand that. I mean, I, I want to party with the rest of us. I'm so keen for that stuff. But isn't there something exciting about what Noah does? The first thing he does is puts God, put God at the center again. Maybe this is an opportunity for all of us, individually and as a church, to say, you know, whatever's gone before, this is a fresh start. I want to give myself again wholeheartedly to you, Lord. What do you do when you've come safely through the storm? Build a house to secure yourself or an altar to submit yourself. Everyone is building something. What are you building? St. Paul picks up this language in uh, Romans 12. He says, Therefore I urge you, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's the same word. Holy and pleasing to God. In other words, give God your best. Give him your all. And you will not regret it. Faith. Here's another mnemonic. This is my third and final, I promise. This is a mnemonic sermon. But here's another one for faith. Forsaking all, I trust him. Trust in God means forsaking everything else. It means saying, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in for you, Lord. And that starts in the heart. And maybe, maybe you're not a Christian here. Maybe you've been thinking, you know what? I'm kind of intrigued by faith. I, I kind of, you know, met a couple of Christians and they're not as weird as I thought they might be. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of on board with some of this stuff and I'm beginning to make some steps. Maybe God is saying, you know what? Why don't you take the full step of faith? Put your trust in me. God will not let you down. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but it's been a hard year. Things have been all over the place. Maybe your faith has been all all over the place, and this is an opportunity for you tonight to just say, you know what, let's start again. We're going to begin again. Let's have a fresh start. Let's start together for the rest of my life. So what does it look like to surrender to God. Well, here's three suggestions. I've actually got a little Noah's Ark that I was using this morning, but I thought I'd bring it along as well. And it's got three things in that you might want to think about dedicating to God tonight. First of all, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Noah. Sadly, stereotypes in terms of colors. But anyway, these two offered themselves. And you might want to say, you know what, I want to offer my body. This is what St. Paul says, I offer my body to you tonight. 
And what does that mean? Well, that means to offer everything, to, to offer your eyes, what you look at, your ears, what do you listen to, your mouth, what, what do you say, what words do you say, your hands, do you use them to give or to take, your talents, your skills, your ambitions for the future, to lay it all before God and say, I'm putting it all out there, use me, take whatever I've got and use it. Second thing you might want to think about is taking out some money. It's quite a lot of money, $10,000. There's been quite a lot of money that's been lost in the pandemic. If you've struggled financially, you're not alone. There are many people who have. But actually, a lot of people have done quite well. I was reading this week that they reckon there have been over 150 billion pounds worth of household savings during the last lockdown. 150 billion of money that people haven't spent. I don't know whether you could go through and tot up. Have you been a net gain or a net loss? But the question is, if you've been a net gain, what do you do with that stuff? Do you just go for it? A hedonistic blitz? Do you hoard it? Or do you say, Lord, it's yours. Do whatever you want to do with it. And thirdly, This is a watch from the noughties, which I, um, I thought was really cool at the time. Don't wear it anymore. You know what the most precious thing you've got is? It's not your money. It's your time. You can always get more money, but you can't get more time. So what are you going to do with your time now? Is this an opportunity to say, Lord, I'm going to give you all my time. I'm going to give you the best of my time. In the mornings, I'm going to wake up, and I'm just going to give you 10 minutes, but it's the first 10 minutes of my day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read the Bible. Maybe it's your time in terms of your leisure time. Is it something that you could do to help other people? Could you use your time to help others? Jesus said it like this. Seek first his kingdom. Put everything out there. And here's, here's the real kicker. Everything else will be given to you as well. So don't spend your time chasing after those things. Put God first and everything else will fall into line. Give God your best and trust him with the rest. So why? Why, why do this? You might be thinking, well, hang on a second. I've got some parties to go to. I'm not saying don't go. Go for it. But why put God first? St. Paul gives us a little clue in that verse. He says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies. In other words, look at what God has already done for you. And it's great that we're sharing communion today because it's a reminder that when we put everything out there for God, we see that he's already put everything out there for us. You know, on the cross, Jesus died for us, yes, but more importantly, for you. If you'd been the only person on the whole earth, Jesus would still have died for you. That's how valuable you are to him. 1 John 2 verse 2 says, He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. The sacrifice has already been made. And there's a great quote from D.L. Moody, 19th century uh, evangelist said this, the world has yet to see what God can do with a person fully consecrated to him. And then he goes on to say, by God's help, I aim to be that person. Why don't you make that your aim, this lockdown? 
to be that person, to be the person who is fully all in, saying, I'm going to give you my best. And let's see what God does with that sacrifice. It says that Moses' sacrifice was like a pleasing aroma. God is so pleased with you. He is so excited for what he's going to do in you and through you as we emerge out of lockdown. So, following Noah, why don't we do two things? Emerge out of lockdown with faith in him and not fear. And give God your best. Amen. Should we pray? And then we'll share communion together. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you have been thinking about us all the time. Thank you, Lord, that you know each one of us here so well. Thank you that you made us, you formed us, you gave us our talents, our gifts, our skills, our passions, our loves, our dislikes. All of it comes from you. And Lord, we want to put our hand in yours today as we come out of lockdown. We want to choose today to follow you in faith, not fear. And Lord, we also want to give ourselves wholeheartedly again to you. You might want to make that your prayer tonight in your heart. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies. Lord, tonight I offer you my body. I offer you my time. I offer you my money my ambitions. I put it all out there again and say, Lord, it's all yours. But would you take it and do something amazing with it? May it be a pleasing aroma to you.